Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm a feminist, but the other day somebody tweeted, if I had to have a guilty feminist extramarital affair, I honestly don't know if I'd choose Grace Petrie or Tom Selinsky. (laughs) And I thought... You sent me a screen grabber. I thought, I'm going to sue. I'm going to (laughs) sue. Why? No, no, no. This is not okay. This is not okay. Why would you create that competition and leave me out of it? I'm the only constant two-faced part of this show... There's no need to take me out of the talent pool like that. I mean, I don't mind like anyone sliding into Tom Selinsky's DMs. That's going to make him feel great. I'd be thrilled if that happened for him. And if he said, oh, look, somebody said they fancy me and want to have an extramarital affair with me. I don't know how I feel about that. But, you know, it's, it's put a spring into my step, he might say. Same with Grace Petrie. I'm delighted for both of them to get all of the accolades. However, what I don't want to be is... Not even third. I'm not even mentioned. Not, I, just, I haven't even placed in the Guilty Feminist Sex Appeal competition. And I was put out about that for a good 24 hours. You think I'm joking? For the se- I'm not joking. No, she sent a screen grab around I, to the rest of us. We I, all had to say, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, oh. I had to have a support group. It's, um, it's lockdowns a difficult time, you know. Normally, you've got your support networks. Yeah. Uh, but not on it's this occasion. That, unfortunately... It's your support networks that she wants the affair with. <laughs> so that is very. I don't know who you get. Very to go clear. To really there. Very very clear. I'm a feminist, but this morning I was so tired that I met someone, and when she said, "I'm not a feminist," um, oh. I was so tired. I just went, "All oh, right." <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, that's it really, I, I mean, I'm sharing it out of shame. But it is like, 
uh, pick your battles. Times. I did then get into it with her, and actually, she's hundred percent a feminist. It was like it's like when Dolly Parton says she's not a feminist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, you yeah. are completely a feminist, but Basically, you don't like the word. You just don't feel like Woman's Hour represents you because you chose to be a stay-at-home mom. That doesn't mean you're not a feminist. But yes. Yes. I, you know, I didn't put it like that. I was like, let me listen. I think I actually, I did. I think we had a great conversation where it turns out we have exactly... Of course. Of course. Well, do you know what? But it, it, yeah. I, I, you know, some days... I just though, went, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Give I a understand shit. that. I understand that. Some days you just don't have whatever the steam is and we're not getting our normal top-ups no. in this life. We're having Take so little live... IRL interaction. You don't want to pick you've a fight kind of immediately. Got, exactly. You've got more pressure on it than ever. You're like, this is the only person I'm going to talk to this All week. week. And yeah. they've, they've, within minutes of knowing them, they've decided it's great. I did tell me they're not a feminist. Well, I, do you know, I always say to people like that, I'd rather you be a feminist and say you're not one than say you are one and not be one. Yes. No, of course. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. But also, I would rather they be one and say they are one. <laughs> yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the dream. That's isn't the it? dream. Um, I'm a feminist. But one of the people that I sent the screenshot to of the tweet uh, was Scarlett Curtis, and she texted back, firstly, there needs to be an inquiry, but secondly, she said, maybe the person who tweeted this respects you too much to have an, affair, an extramarital affair with you that um, they would with Tom or Grace Petrie, to which I replied, I DM'd back, oh, yay, I love respect, it's so arousing. <laughs> now I'm sure respect is meant to be yeah. arousing and it is of course of course it is arousing yeah but also in this context not at all not arousing I didn't at that moment I felt like I'd rather be objectified <laughs> and respected some days you do want to be objectified more than you want to be respected mm. I'm sorry but we're all animals I know which one of these I'm doing next now you've said that go on I'm a feminist but it's just, I think about self-respect during lockdown, I've been wanting to eat some sushi for such a long time. I don't live near any good sushi places. Yeah. And um, I'm giving a lot of context to this, which is ridiculous. I say this as somebody who has gone to enormous lengths to detach eating from shame in any context. I've wanted sushi for a long time. I've had a yeah. bit of a sushi curse. Uh, one time ordered sushi from the only place near where I live that does sushi and somebody else's order arrived that one contained a load of meat things that me and my partner couldn't oh. eat and two wasn't sushi. And then tonight was like, I'm coming to town for this. I'm going to have sushi and I was so excited about it. And then nowhere was open to sell it at the station. So I had to get some from the supermarket. And then our lovely guest was um, going to have a chat with me before the show. And I was like, I'll come through in a minute because I knew that basically I'm a feminist, but I ate that sushi in a way that I am so glad no one else saw. <laughs> I, ate, I ate it not just like an animal, Debs, but like the kind of animal that gets fed lumps of meat into a bowl that's had to have like spikes put in it so that they slow down. Listen. I don't feel shame, but I didn't feel very feminist while I was doing it. Yeah. I didn't feel okay. like someone who valued their... Valued themselves, yeah. had control over this. Yeah, space. I ate it like sort of person who's not changed their pants for months. I'm a feminist, but actually... When I tweeted back to the person who tweeted that thing to me about fancying mm. those two Grace other people, Tom, not you, yeah, yeah, I think I actually quote tweeted it and said, "For fuck's sake." <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
And she then was a really nice person. Yeah. Her name was Rachel. And she said, oh, no, it's just that they've both got the exact same personality as me. Well, they're very different personalities. Well, this, this needs some deconstruction. Because yeah. I, I said, oh, ha, ha, whatever. No, just joking, whatever, or something I said. But inside, I thought two things. One is I immediately sent that to them, both of them, and said, look, I've lived with Tom for a long time, but I've also lived with Grace Petrie on tour. Yeah. And firstly, I can tell you, they are very, very different. But it's interesting that to the outside world, they seem like the same person. But here's my other main point. Okay, if you think you've got the same personality as Tom Selinsky, why do you want to be with Tom Selinsky? Do you see what I mean? Yeah. If you've got the same personality as Tom Selinsky, you need to take the Tom Selinsky role and be with me. Do you see my point? Oh, yeah. Because I, I, thought, I thought you were going down the road of, I think you're allowed to marry yourself these days. If you want to be with someone that's just like you, then be happy by yourself. But know what you've done, Debs, is turned it wrapped background to wishing it was you that they'd well, put Well, my thing the is, my, listen, I don't, I don't want to appear to be a throbbing narcissist, but I have had quite a difficult low and emotional week. Oh, and so I did yes, think, I did think, oh, no, 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 I did have, I had a terrible weekend. I will admit I had a terrible weekend. I was mm. sobbing on the weekend. I was had a horrible, horrible weekend, just like really low, really depressed. So my thought process did spiral mm. into poor Rachel now, who just tweeted this quite sweet thing, probably <laughs> just trying to lift the spirits of Tom Solitsky and Grace Petrie yeah. and by the way Rachel I must say it really did both of them were walking on air and with their smug little faces and their responses to my tweet of la 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 ha 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 they said ha 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 they said ha 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 they said as I wept um, but what I think Rachel that you've misunderstood here is that opposites attract if you're exactly like Tom Slinsky slash Grace Petrie or a combination of that you should be with me because they both love me so you've misunderstood who you fancy. It's really me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feminist, but I've got so little self-respect during lockdowns that I didn't notice until I got here tonight and was putting some makeup on that I had, like, not just a chin hair, but another head under there. Like, you know, I had four long hairs. I was able... You know when you're like, oh, that's a big hair, I'll take a picture of it, and then in the picture, you can't really see it. Mm-hmm. You fucking could. It looked like a merkin. It was oh. under there. It was like a head. You know when then people do that upside-down thing or they draw a couple of eyes on there and pretend that their mouth's upside-down mm-hmm. and their chin is the top of their baldy head and they, like, put a bit of crest there or draw a curly... It looked like that. It looked like another head had begun there. Wow. Yeah. Well. And I hadn't seen it. And the worst thing is, one of my lockdown three goals has been work very hard towards doing my first handstand push-up. Yeah. And um, no wonder my gym instructor's probably been looking at that going, I can't even tell if she's in a handstand. She could be either way up. (laughs) Oh... Jess, it's just lockdown life. You yeah. look glorious to me, and you always well, will. Well, plucked them out, babe. Yeah. Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White, guest co-host Jessica foster and our very special guest, Samantha Baines, talking about divorce with music from Amorose. Woo! Hello, 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 hello. 
Well, this is very weird um, because normally here, this is absolutely heaving because King's Place is our residency, it's our home, and this is where we live, and it's absolutely packed. And then for a while, we were allowed to do shows where people sat like little groups of handmaids masked um, and just in their own little sections, uh, not allowed to sit near each other in case they aroused each other. That's what it looked like. It looked like a full handmaid's tale situation. We have now gone into the point of COVID where I am literally performing for the other people in the show who are sitting in an empty auditorium. But you're all at home, and look, people are doing the woohoos. Look, woo, from Gavin from Canada, hello. Francesca, whoops, Kathy Powell, Michelle Cassis, I'm looking amazing as always. Thank you so much. Now, I have made all sorts of efforts. I don't know what I look like. I find these, this lighting quite harsh. I've seen some of it back, and I tend not to look again. But I have got Lola, Lola London lashes on. I have looked at home. So I don't know what happens with this extreme level lockdown. I'm quite a glamorous person in real life. Like I, I, you know, I like to dress up and I like to kind of look my best. And it just, I put some of that uh, stain conditioner in my hair, which you're meant to wash out two hours later. That's been in my hair for 48 hours, I realized today. And I just ran one of those teaser tanglers through it. And do you know what? It's come up fine. It turns out we don't need as much grooming as we think we do. Or I look very bad and I've got no sense of the metric anymore. I don't know where the bar is, if I'm totally honest. Um, Woohoo, yay, hey, hello from Hackney. Look, people as close as Hackney. Oh, someone's saying great lashes, thank you. I'm a feminist, but I love your skirt. Thank you very much. It's a leather skirt. I mean, I'm sure it's pleather because we're all vegan. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it is. It's probably one of those sorts of things. Um, people are saying I look fantastic. Thank you. This is a really kind thing to say because honestly, I've been in the same pajama bottoms for days and I just don't know what happens to me. It's just sort of, it spirals into a place I would never allow in the normal times, in the before times. Uh, so it actually feels really good to have nice eyelashes on uh, and some lipstick. And then I think, you know, I'm going to do this every day for myself. I'm just for a Zoom call. I'm just going to put on my, uh, my magnetic Lola lashes. I don't though. I don't. I don't. I'm going, okay, this week, I'm going to make an effort because I genuinely do feel more like myself and more like, yeah, I can do anything uh, when I'm not in 10-day-old pyjama bottoms. I, I don't know why that would be. Um, uh, hello from Portland, Oregon. Hello. I mean, this is the great thing about this. There's lots of compliments here. I don't know if I'll bring Jess on at all because people are saying really nice things about how I look. Hello from Fife. You look fancier than I've looked in a year. That's Fee from Fife who uses the word fancier. It's almost implausible. Hello, Fee. Soph and Ben says your hair is rock and roll, is rock and roll, and then it says hot. Rock and roll is a kind word, isn't it, for lockdown? I'm, I'm, I'd want to try and get it to as that thing that it does on holidays, that sort of, you know, really cool thing with lots of salt water in it. I try and think, oh, it's like a beach curl, except Camden Town at the moment could not be further from a beach. Because um, you go for a walk in Camden, and it's just grey drizzle and everything's shut. It really is like the end of the world should have come, but forgot. And you think it would have been better if it had, really. If it's like, when is the end of the world coming? Because it looks like it's, it's any minute now, but it's putting it off. Um, a Berlin viewer. Oh, some people are saying they're a bit, bit stroud. I want to be at King's Place too. I would love that chain. Jesus, we'd all love that if you were here. Uh, but look, New Zealand people, we must keep streaming these when we are allowed audiences because there are people from West Cork, yes, in your pyjamas. Just give us a bit of a high five or some kind of thumbs up or some kind of signal or yes, if you are in fact in some sort of pyjama or loungewear situation audience, just to see. 
No, no. Okay, I am the only one. I'm the only one letting... No, I'm hibernating in my giant hoodie. Okay, I want someone coming in from Chile. I didn't even know we went to Chile, but I suppose we go wherever the internet goes. That's how it works. That's what a podcast is. It's on the internet. I think I should bring on Jessica Fosterkew. Are you ready to meet my wonderful co-pilot for this evening? Then put your hands together, make incredible hooing noises for the wonderful Jessica Fosterkew! Oh, hold on. You sit down. Yeah. And then I'll sit down. Breathe anywhere. Okay. It's thrilling. Jess has had a COVID test this morning. It's so and has come up to have a mask off indoors. Um, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it exciting? Um, Deborah, you know... Um, hel- Hello. Hello. Um, you know when you said I've let things go in a way that in normal life... Wouldn't. I absolutely wouldn't. I would. <laughs> Well, normally you just don't have time to get to that level because something forces you out of the house. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, Like, you can't be in the same pyjamas without getting out of them for days at a time because you're obliged to leave the house in real life. You've got to, at some point, get on a fresh pair of knickers and, you know, do something to your face, even if it's just a bit of water and mascara or something like that. You don't have to do mascara. I'm just saying, like, I, I would think, oh, well, I'm... I'm seeing people or I'm going out. I'll do a bit of something, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I changed my pants. <laughs> I feel like you had really different levels of where the bar was at within even just that little bit there. Like, yeah, yeah, every now and again, you've got to change your pants. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, but if you're in your pyjamas, what I'm splash saying Splash of is... water? Really? <laughs> For going outside? If you're in your pyjamas, though, you don't, you're not wearing pants underneath them. That's what I'm saying. <gasps> ah, okay. Well, this sounds like an Instagram poll looming oh yes no aren't you meant to let it breathe i thought you were not meant to wear pants at night did did anyone from science ever tell anyone to let it breathe at night i feel like everybody's nana or parent no mine my mother let it breathe like it's a sentient being no my mother my mother didn't say that we did wear pants under our pajamas but then when i left home everyone said oh no why are you wearing pants under your pajamas when i was flat sharing okay can we just see do people wear pants under their pajamas slash loungewear at home so we'll let that happen it doesn't happen automatically i always think people are immediately going to say but it takes a little while yeah to get through space no knickers ever no ni- well that's a that's a lifestyle choice isn't it that's not that's got yeah. nothing to do with bedtime <laughs> uh, my friend my friend yeah. her father who was very old and grand and posh mm. uh used to call hippies uh he'd he'd refer to anyone who was hippie you know in the 60s he'd say oh yes she's very brown rice and no knickers Oh, really? Yeah. And I sometimes refer to brown rice and no knickers because of that. I, just think I it's thought you were going to tell a much less appropriate story about your friend's dad and something to do with his pants. I've got a friend's, a good friend's dad's pants story. Um, Is it appropriate? <laughs> I think it's okay. Great. Okay. My, Hunker down, everybody. Lean my in. lovely friend Gemma's dad, Giles, is a very... They're Christian, church-going Christian people. And he bought himself some Christmas pants that <gasps> he thought, how amazing that M&S have done Christmas pants for people like me who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, etc. And he thought he bought himself some pants that said, I love God, I love God. And they just said, love God. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, my he, God. He bought himself some black silky pants that said love god but he oh thought they meant god. I, I love, love god. god oh um, my god which, which is uh, so adorable. it was sort of like the equivalent of love machine pants yeah. 
But he thought it meant, isn't Jesus wonderful? Jesus yeah. Christ. He thought his pants said, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour, but really it said, horny old love dog. Yeah, but I never said that about Giles. You could have changed his name in retrospect. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Giles, Giles. if you're listening, and you're definitely not, let's be honest. Uh, someone, <laughs> if anyone knows Giles, best not to tell him. Don't, why, why ruin his lockdown? He's probably having a great time yeah. praying and... You know. Oh, he's so lovely. He used to run an ice cream van and every now and again he'd let us work in it. Um, oh. Never for long because of the stock control problems. Oh, yeah. Um, but we would take turns seeing how long we could sit. Sorry if anybody in Giles' family is listening to this and it's affected your future wealth, but we would take turns on our knees seeing how long, when you turned the, the stream of solid Mr. Whippy down, like if you just went, ah, and saw how long you could just like wow. drink ice cream straight down into your mouth well, instead of into a cone. The good thing about it being on your knees, that if he caught you, you could say you were praying. <laughs> yes, to, to my God. Yes, that is Mr. the God Whippy. of Mr. Whippy. Yes. yes. <laughs> the Praise Father, be. the Son, and the soft serve. Yes, absolutely. Blessed be the flake. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> um, So divorce, having a feminist divorce... I mean, I've not been divorced. Um, Me neither. Uh, I've not been married, though. No, no. But I suppose we could take it into kind of more relationship breakup territory. But I think having a feminist divorce... Listen, we've got a fantastic guest, and she knows about this and does a yeah. podcast on it. I think people a lot of time are put off by the paperwork. But really... <laughs> it's true. It's, As if there wasn't enough admin in life. Yeah, but I think it's six months of really awfulness and yeah. emotional, emotional paperwork. And that's the worst kind of paperwork, because... If it were boring, it would be better. Really emotional paperwork. But then, you know, I've got friends going through divorces at the moment and they are coming out the other side stronger and happier. Both parties, actually, yeah. are oh, coming out loads. better. Le- like, eventually, everybody much, much happier, I think. I think there's genuinely a lot of work to be done in terms of, like, legal reform in the fact that even when it's very amicable... Both parties want a divorce, done, dusted, want this to be friendly. There is no incentive for lawyers to do anything other than create acrimony where there is none. Because that's the only way they make any money. I think my parents were like, I'm not interested in screwing them over. Like, we get on fine. Can we just get this done? And it still takes years and it's still really expensive. And you sort of, they'll take, well... That depends on that. That was the one couple that I know and are related to's experience, but that's boggling to me that you can't just go, no, no, we're done, yeah. and that be it. Like, I get it that you need those systems in place for when people when don't agree. When it does get acrimonious. But um, even if you do agree... Yeah, yeah that's I've, mental. I've, uh, I've that's had friends language. who said that. That's not okay. <laughs> trying so hard to stop saying mental, it's impossible. Trying to stop saying mental is making me feel mentally unwell. Not okay. Yes. Um... um I think, my feeling is uh, that I'm very interested in talking to Samantha Baines about, our brilliant guest, about what a feminist divorce can look like. Because I don't really know what the parameters are, but I do know friends that have said the same thing as you, that they are trying to be amicable with their partner and they get on and they're looking out for each other. And then somebody in the middle is kind of stirring up all this trouble and going, ah, well, he's probably going to take this from you, so you should take this from them. It's a bit like... I know somebody who... I, so I worked at a hotel on the Gold Coast years ago in Australia where the Australian version of Blind Date guests would come. It was called Perfect Match in Australia. The game show where you meet on a, you know, from behind a screen and then off you go and they send you off on this romantic holiday while filming your it's every like move. It's like the olden days married at first sight. Exactly that. 
and you'd just go off on a romantic weekend. And then they'd interview the two of them. How did this date go? And sometimes they'd be really mean about each other. Sometimes they'd be quite nice. Sometimes they'd be horrible about each other. And then they'd have to sit on a sofa together watching what the other person had said. And then sometimes they'd be like, oh my God, I'm really upset, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I discovered? From the contestants who came back to that hotel other times, like, you know, on their own holidays, this is what they would do. You and Samantha would go off on a date together. I mean, not in those days because it was not, there wouldn't have been same-sex blind dates. Yeah, but had they been you'd go on a date together to be fair for married at first sight still also haven't bothered I don't believe with oh any... they have in Australia have they yeah I haven't There's seen a... the new series well I look I really hate that show but I have seen glimpses of it with people watching it in Australia and I've definitely seen lesbians I watched a series with my partner and got I did all the way through I was thinking this is a, this is going to amount I think to 28 hours of my life oh. which is extraordinary but I couldn't stop watching it and I developed such strong feelings of hatred for some of the men especially and um, that I couldn't stop watching it and then I desperately wanted a few of the couples to stay together it wasn't clear whether one of these couples had renewed their vows so I looked on Wikipedia and in doing so within a glimpse saw and this is huge spoilers but that no couple in the history of that show internationally has ever stayed together. No, and I was like, oh, it's really taken, it's, it's really taken the, the fire out of my belly for this fucking show. Well, like, it's just it's an absolutely really shocking experiment. idea. Because not only are you just setting people up together and sending them off to live together, you're filming it all, so yeah. it definitely can't work. But on Blind Date, or the perfect match, the Australian ones, this is what they used to do. They used to go, so you'd come back for the date, you've had a nice time, and I'd say, oh, what did you think of Samantha? And then you'd go, yeah, I had a really great time, what a great lady. Oh. Oh, that was... That doesn't matter. That's just not what she said about you. She said uh, you were very... She said you just talked the whole time on the date, and she didn't get to say anything, and she said she thought you were... Should I say... No, I shouldn't really tell her. She, she used the word what? obnoxious, which I thought was a bit... Actually, I didn't think it was very fair, because I, I don't see you that way. Um, anyway, we're going to get you to say something about her to the VT now. Jessica, what did you think of Samantha? I think she's two-faced, absolute charlatan. What does obnoxious mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's but I get how what you've done. And Deborah, that shit-staring that you did, it was such great acting. Well, listen, I, if anybody's... I felt manipulated. If anybody's hiring um, people to stir up and manipulate people's emotions on a reality television show behind yeah. the scenes... I'm not working at the moment at all, so I'll do that. <laughs> what are you uh, doing right now? No, this I've is got, too no, fun to I know, I know, I am working, I'm working, I'm doing some things, but I, I, don't, I don't have the same high moral code that I did last, last <laughs> beginning of last year at all, no, where I would do too. nothing, I would sell nothing, I would I never sell anything, I would not promote anything, I would not take advertising, I would not, no, 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 my moral code was throbbingly high. And uh, uh, <laughs> It's so funny, if we come out, oh. if lockdown goes on for much longer, we're going to come out of it and you'll be doing like a Lynx advert and oh, I'll, yeah, I'll be happily. doing one for Weight Watchers. Like every, everything yeah. will have gone to shit. Oh yeah, I'll be advertising the high horse I used to sit on <laughs> when, when I could fucking afford it. Uh, one high horse for sale that uh, mor- high moral ground I've got that I'm not using at the moment. Uh, if, anybody, if anybody would like that, um, auctioning it off because uh, I certainly don't need it anymore. Um, just quickly check in. Social media is exactly why people 
are... You've chosen the longest message to try and read out there, Deborah. Starting new hobbies. Uh, something... I can't read it. Um, can you read Social that? Social media is awash with people baking with their, their kids. kids and starting new hobbies having a whale of the time in lockdown. But the reality for most people is struggling with isolation like we've never had before. Also, I'm sick of the sight of wife now. Laughing face. It was going so well till the last <laughs> bit. But that is a very fitting, that it's is a very, very fitting. fitting note to bring well, on our guests to talk about the, divorce. <laughs> if you're sick of the sight of your wife, we may, be, we may have an expert on to help you with that. Our guest today is an award-winning comedian, actress, broadcaster, hearing aid wearer and author. She has appeared in series such as The Crown, Fancy, Ooh. Call the Midwife and Silent Witness. She is a BBC radio presenter and hosts her own podcast, The Divorce Club. Please welcome to the stage the incredible Samantha Baines. <laughs> you've not just brought a glass up, you've brought a bottle up, Samantha, Samantha yes. Baines. Let's yeah, talk about have. divorce, baby. Let's talk about other God, people. That looks really Hi. 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 This is basically my divorce party. So I'm is wearing it? leopard print and I've brought a bottle of wine. Wow. Brilliant. We'll have a hearing aid moment. One sec. Yeah. How? Oh, I'll, no, I'll... I can still hear you. It's okay. just this is the problem with wearing masks and having a hearing aid. When you say it's stuck. your divorce party, how long has your divorce been? Official? Yeah. It's so recent. Tell, it? tell. Um, 25 minutes before you got on stage. <laughs> no. It's probably about a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, we should have some of the wine then. Yes. What, you want to share my bottle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now. are we allowed, actually? I'm sure we can allowed. touch the bottle. Uh, actually, if I pass the glass up and then you don't touch the glass... You just pour the wine in, <laughs> then I'll get the glass back. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna... I shouldn't lick the top, should I? Don't lick the top, no. Definitely don't lick the top, but that would even be That's in normal those. times. Oh I would recommend you didn't lick at the top of a bottle of wine and then That's pour it into a glass for someone else. Party pour. Oh, That's, oh That's loads. God. That's loads. Deborah, That's, mm. don't. I knew you'd give me that. Give you the big pint one. of wine. Yeah. You cheers. Don't have to drink uh, one the wine, one week cheers. divorce to that Samantha Baines. Woo. Cheers, everybody. That's I would clean glasses, but I'm sure it's not legal. Oh. This is, oh my God, one week divorced. Mm. Yeah. So this is really timely. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, it's taken a long time. Yeah. So you wanted to do a podcast called The Divorce Club. You started it, it's become very successful in a short period of time. Can you tell us why you wanted to do The Divorce Club? So I got my decree nice size. There's a lot of terminology when it comes to divorce. Is decree nice size the Latin for divorce? <laughs> no, I don't know. It's definitely not the Latin for nice divorce, which is what it sounds like. Um, <laughs> it, um, is, it, is it, or is it just, a, is decree nice I just a sort of proclamation? Yeah, it's like a, it's a step on the road to full divorce. So it's right. your first step where a judge goes, I have read the reasons that you have put forward for getting divorced. And I agree that that's a good enough reason. Yes, someone has to agree that that's a good enough mm -hmm. reason. You can't just say for you to get divorced. Don't want it anymore. No, so there's a new legislation that they're trying to bring in 
where you can say, we just want to get divorced and we don't need to tell you anything else about it, which I think is great. I think yeah, that would be ideal. Time, really. I think that would be ideal because it really used to stem from has there been infidelity? Has there been cruelty? Has there been, is it not been consummated? And then can it be annulled or whatever? And you have to stand up and give a good reason. I remember it happened yeah. in Friends, Ross and Rachel, and she <laughs> gave all of those fake reasons Said that he was a drug dealer or something. We you? learn everything from friends. I love really, it. I've learned a um, lot of my worldview. Yeah, so you have shape. to say that, um, there's been bad behaviour or infidelity or oh, you have to wait what? two years at the moment. So anyway, so uh, decree nisi is the first step of piece of paper towards being divorced. So I got my decree nisi and I was like, oh my God, basically I'm divorced. Um, and I had a lovely brunch with my friend and celebration. And I was like, this is it, done. So I started my podcast then, mm-hmm. um, The Divorce Club, because I didn't know anyone in my sort of circle of friends that had been divorced. Mm. And I just wanted to talk to someone about it, like really selfishly and just ask them questions, like what do you do with your wedding dress? What do you do with your um, engagement ring? Because I felt like mine was like screaming at me from Mm. the jewellery. Charlotte from Sex and the City, whole episode on that. Sorry, I, I, I don't mean to make this all through my popular culture references, none of yeah. which are even slightly feminist, but I have to. I'm obliged. There's nothing. I've got nothing else. Well, this is all I had. It's, it's like all you know. Be from Barbie. <laughs> but what Barbie's dream house that she won in the divorce? Yeah. <laughs> Ken got the camper van. Yeah. <laughs> I love that camper van. I like the car. Um, I didn't get the car and the divorce. But um, yeah, so all I knew about it was from like the TV. And I feel like I've been preparing for divorce my whole life, mainly because my wardrobe is full of leopard print outfits. And I know that that is a stereotype, but I've leaned fully into it and I'm really embracing it. And I'm wearing leopard print right now. But so I started this podcast just selfishly because I wanted to, to... talked to other divorced people and it was a good reason Mm. i was like hello i'm doing a podcast so can we have a chat about your divorce Um, oh yeah because normally it's quite tricky to bring that up i imagine you can't just ring people you don't know very well and go margaret i met you once at a party i heard you were divorced tell me everything they'll probably go oh what who are you (laughs) what but if it's a podcast they'll be like oh i'm so flattered to be asked that's an interesting way of getting stuff out of people (gasps) what other podcasts can we start I was going to say, if you just realised that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've never thought of it before. So what else could we start? We could start, like, what else do you want to know? How much people earn? The How Much People Earn podcast. That's a good idea. How many sexual exploits have you? Oh, what's your number? Yeah. Yeah, what's your number? Uh, I got asked that on a panel show. Really? Did you? Radio one. A radio? Wow. So did you have to count them up in your head yeah I did yeah well, and I've not was... done that for a long time and it's ages <laughs> I was going to say at least it's radio yeah. so you <laughs> I think I count just... your fingers yeah I'd just make it up yeah I'd just be like think oh I did I just sort of had to pick a round yeah. I got to a certain point and was like oh, round no, round round down round it up I, I would rounded say... it up <laughs> round I'm a feminist up. and I rounded it up oh yeah sorry I meant round up that's what I meant I would say since my divorce uh well, since my separation, because yeah. the divorce is very recent, since my separation, my numbers have doubled. Get what? Yes. Doubled? Oh. Yeah. I mean, I talk a lot on my podcast about my sexual explosion, and it really was. I went for it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Whole vaginally. Get in. Well, did you do the apps? Uh, yeah. Cause, so I was with my ex for eight years when we separated 
And yeah, started the podcast at the Decree Nice Eye. Only got divorced now, so that is like nearly a year later. Oh, and wow. I thought it was going to be a few days, so yeah. I was like, I'll start the podcast now because I'll be divorced in a minute. And then four series later, well, wow. you're I'm finally divorced. divorced. I'm finally a member of the club that I created via a podcast, wow. the Divorce Club. Um, but yeah, as soon as I separated, I sort of went on a sexual explosion. It may have had something to do with the job I was doing at the time. Because <laughs> a, week, a week after we separated, I got offered the MC of Magic Mike Live. Oh, yes. The West End show. So before we'd even separated, I'd flown to Vegas to watch the show. Obviously, this is really relatable to all divorced people. This is what happened. <laughs> so you got the offer to host Magic Mike Live. And if, if the listeners any at home don't know this show, if you know the film Magic Mike, it's about a very, very, very handsome, well-built stripper. And uh, the live show is that, but without the story. And so... It's a sort of very sophisticated Chippendale type thing where men come out and do incredible dances, very sophisticated in its sort of look and feel in a weird way. And then um, I pop up. Uh, well, you, so you come out as the extremely accessible host and you sort of, you know, make us feel like we're allowed to be part of this. And we also obviously are in the middle of a divorce. And so it's important that we get into the spirit of it, basically. Yeah, it's and, all in. Yeah, and Puns. you made it... What you did was brilliant at making it accessible, I think. And you opened with an I'm a feminist butt joke. Yes. I remember when I came on the night, I was very thrilled. Yeah, I, I can't even remember what it was now. I know, you must have done it millions of times. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, it was a brilliant, brilliant show. If I'm honest, it was one of the best nights of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was. And That's I know going that, on my poster. No, no it really, yeah. really was. I went with a gay best friend who was over from America... And I went with two of my best female friends and you managed to get us a table right up the front. And so we wow. got... And, and also, Samantha tipped off the boys to give us lap dances in the <gasps> middle of it. So and they would come and they'd like spin your chair around. And so we'd had, you know, a couple of bottles of champagne. So we were in a really good space. And uh, <laughs> we... They'd just come and spin your chair around. It was it's almost essential were, to be in that space. They were very, yeah. very, very good dancers and I admire good dancing. Uh, <laughs> And they were... Oh I think that's what you shouted. Very good dancing. And then some, somebody, somebody came and got me out of the audience. Imagine that, imagine that in any of those situations. Very good dancing. <laughs> it was me and Susie Wacoma also. They got us out onto the stage. And then there was a man, and he, very handsome man, and he grabbed both of my hands and he put, oh, them, he put them on hands. his bum... And I immediately went, is this all right? And I mean, he'd done it, so obviously it was, but I just sort of started talking, chatting to him about consent. Mm. And my friend in the audience was videoing it and just could not stop laughing because he could see what I was doing. And he was like, you, were you having a chat with that man about consent? And I was like, yes. Yeah. I was like, I know you you're on stage it? and I know He's it's your job. He's job. He was already okay for money before he took the job. And uh, it, it, just, yeah. it just, I don't know, it just felt like I needed to. But I then he you. put... To paint the picture as well, I brought you and Susie on stage. They were on stage with with two men who were in thongs that were sort of see-through at the back, covered at the front. Mm. You were holding on to his butt cheeks mm. and there was sort of 300 screaming women around I wasn't, you. I, I wasn't at all... I wasn't... Uh, then he put his, my hands on his sort of... Is this pecs? 
Yes. Yeah, and I felt more comfortable with that, if I'm completely honest. But then he did some kind of, I think there was some kind of writhing dancing or something like that, and then we got sent back. But then afterwards I saw people tweeting, was that Deborah Francis White and Susan McComo who were was on stage? Was that Deborah Francis White holding that man's bosoms? Yes, that was basically what happened. Saying, I saw people tweeting. Very going, good dancing, boys! I, I saw people on Twitter saying, I'm sure it was Deborah Francis White and Susan McComo. It wouldn't have been, other people said. It was, they said, I don't think it would have been. Would it have been a magic mic? I mean, I, I don't, uh, I've been Instagramming the whole thing. I don't know why anyone was in any doubt. The best um, night of your life. But honestly, it might have been one of the best nights of my life. And it wasn't long after that, because that was end of last year, and it wasn't long after that, you left the show because of COVID, didn't you? You didn't yeah. get to have your last night because they just went... No, yeah. A Is week it? before oh. my last show, we shut. But oh. to be fair, it should have closed a bit earlier because it was such a sweaty show <laughs> of all of the shows. You know, there are some very slow, charming bits of Ibsen going on in the West End that got shut down before Magic Mike. And honestly, you weren't going to catch anything. It was They were miles away and they... they... No one was holding anybody's buttock. No. Well, in Ibsen, they don't even come close to each other. I don't think you can catch COVID from a buttock. Pe- well... Sweaty though. It he, depends. He's <laughs> right there. He's right there in your they've face. They've not really covered that in the government briefings, have no, they? No, they have. You not. can catch it from No, buttocks. but it was the sweat. Is, is the buttock singing? Is it they come shouting? and they sweat on you. Listen, you can catch it from a lap dance more than you can catch it from Pinter, is all yeah. I'm saying. Yes, yeah, sure. And from a long pause. They, Pinter, yeah. they don't even come close to each other. It, it, they are in the front row. They are on you. They are yeah. literally on you. It was the sweatiest show. So I was like, you know, I'd listen. I'm, I'm really not complaining. I'm just so happy I saw it before it got shut down. Um, because this is not what we're meant to be talking about at all. But I do look back on that night sometimes. I Occasionally, I've watched the videos and shared them with Wesley and Susie and Gina who brought and just gone, remember this? And we've all gone, yeah, that was the best night of our life. (laughs) (laughs) And if it comes back and it's all safe and everything, I will be going again. In fact, I might audition for your role. Do you think, could I be accessible host? I feel like I'd be accessible host. Yeah, definitely. Because you were so funny, but you just made us feel like it was at home. And you also made the rules clear about consent for the men as well and for women not to be grabbing men and things like that, which I thought was really important. Yeah, it Um, was quite a rowdy environment, let's say. It it was a head night of a show, that is Yeah, it was, you know, you go there to have a good time. There was drink involved. Um, Sometimes ladies took off their pants and threw them. There were lots of things that happened. So, yeah, I think Ladies took off their pants? Yeah. That's a night you'd want to put the clean lots, ones on. Lots of things happened in that yeah. show. So, yeah, it you was know, very... like that. You, you, your mum always said, wear clean pants because you never know if you're going to get run over or whatever. Or go but to Magic like, Mike and accidentally throw them. throw them at a dancer because <laughs> he was so good at dancing. <laughs> they write, write their numbers on them and throw them. Really? I love the comments. They're wow. just ha, 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 You could ask anyone, someone says. I don't know what that means, but I definitely could. Uh, uh, um, I let, there's somebody called Jess who says, me and my friend planned a midweek guilty feminist show to drink beer, eat sushi, and one of them has a hearing aid and the other one's just got divorced. What? So between us all... They, well, all, they also say awesome guest, just to be very Yes. Clear. Yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
So oh, sorry, we've got really silly. distracted and started yeah. talking about magic well, yes, mic. Yes, sorry. Sorry. Magic so mic. indulgent so to talk about magic mic. So you went to LA. What you? Because why we want to get back on track with this is you're about to talk about all the fucking. You went to LA. So things weren't going well in the marriage for a while. Right. Got offered magic mic. My ex. You think that's quite... your exit strategy, right there? That's what I would think. <laughs> I would like, think great yeah. regular work and meet and greet with Channing Tatum. So he directed the show. So yeah, the marriage is over. Very, very that's relatable over. That's for everyone's divorce. To be honest, I'm, I'm very happy with Tom. But if Channing Tatum came and said, "I'd like to direct you," I'd have to say, "Tom, we've had a good run." <laughs> It's well, been lovely, but now I'm Channing leaving. and I are I can't be very believe happy. she's saying that to our only audience member. <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> alienated the audience. That's literally the only person we've no, got Channing, to laugh I would never loud. leave you for Channing Tatum. That's not going to happen unless he asks. Honestly, though, if you ever get divorced, I think everyone should have to spend a week with Channing Tatum because it does wow. wonders. Um, but yeah, so things weren't going well. Went to Vegas to watch the show in Vegas. Went to LA to work with Channing on the script. And the whole time, I'm like trying to be professional, meeting Channing Tatum for the first yeah. time. What do you wear? Also, leopard skin, I see. <laughs> um, I just wore something like smart cash because I thought I don't want to go too no. you know, heavy in and we might have to do rehearsals. He also has a whole house as an office and I pooed in his office like within an hour of getting there because I anxious poo. So there was a lot going on. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, my marriage isn't going so well. Great. And then I'm sort of trying to be funny and writing feminist jokes for the show. So all of this was going on. I was thinking we're going to work through this difficulty in my marriage. Came home. I think I twisted my ankle because of my hearing aid. I have hearing loss on one side. So I have real balance issues. And if my hearing aid runs out of battery, which it did in LA, I fall over like that. Like <laughs> I, I tripped on a bit of pavement. I fell over so spectacularly in LA outside a pizza shop that I had an iced coffee because I was trying to be like cool and American. And I threw it down the street, fully splayed, fell over, like <gasps> face down on the pavement. So much so that the man in the pizza shop that I fell over outside came out, picked me up, brought me into his pizza shop and gave me free pizza and water. It's actually oh. great. But so that had just happened. I was flying home that day, walked into my house, really looking forward to seeing my husband because I'd had a terrible day. Saw him and thought, it's over. <gasps> Wow. Yeah, it was just a real... You just knew. The moment, yeah. And I speak to some people on the podcast and they have a similar thing or some people it takes, you know, much, it's much longer process. But I just knew in that moment that something had gone and I think it was the distance of being in LA with Channing mm. that sort of helped me get that perspective. So we had this really amicable chat at the time where we both cried and told each other how amazing each other was but that we didn't want to be married anymore mm. and then he packed a bag and he left so I'd come back from LA to, I had, so he felt the same yeah he just, felt the same just eroded he started the conversation sort of a few weeks before and we both said that we weren't happy but we didn't sort of make any decisions I had a week then my sister came to stay with me I didn't get out of bed for three days wow. and I remember on day three she was like 
you must wash yourself. Oh, so it was like an early lockdown. It was a pre-lockdown situation. Where yeah, you... I was disgusting uh, because I hadn't had a shower or changed any of my clothes. And I remember putting on jeans for the first time at the end of that week felt really important. Mm. And it was so early lockdown. It felt really like, I don't know, the structure of the jean or something. Mm. I was like, I'm getting back to myself. This is one week in and I wasn't, but I felt better. So I had a week of that and then I started rehearsals for Magic Mike. So I was surrounded by 15 semi-naked professional dancers and Channing Tatum every day. And I know that that sounds like amazing, like living the divorce dream. But I was doing that in the day and then going home and sobbing on my kitchen floor because oh I felt God. so alone. So it was a really like intense... I remember this one time. I mean, it's funny now at the time. Obviously, it wasn't funny because I was crying. But I was face down on my kitchen floor, which is slate... Hello, oh. doing very well for myself. Lovely, um, absolutely lovely. Isn't it? Yeah. Very cool. Very cool, cool and I liked that. This is such, I'm, I don't mean to be binary and all oh, men do this and women do this, but this is quite a female alley to go down in the middle of a divorce story. Slate, lovely, very cool. Oh, I mm, like interesting. Terracosta. I do like any, a slate floor. Any stone anyway, back to the divorce yes, floor. Um, lovely I was, to rest a sobbing <laughs> cheek on. I was face down on the very cool slate, which Been is there, actually it, quite... Yeah, it's quite nice because mm. of the cool, it sort of reminds you that you're still here. Anyway, I was crying and my tears were pooling in the slate because it's very uneven. And my cat came over to me, um, Victoria, her name is, she's very regal. Posh cat, yeah. Yeah, they were called Victoria and Albert, but then Albert died. But oh, it was like, of course he was going to die, yeah, followed in history. Anyway, <laughs> Victoria came over, sniffed me and just walked away. No. And I thought... Oh. This is this, this is, is where you lowest. need a dog. <laughs> in, in, in a divorce, well, like, oh, well, at least, in a yeah. divorce, you need a dog, not a cat. Honestly, because a dog will sit on your lap and comfort you and be loyal and bring you treats and things like that. Uh, I imagine that's what having a dog Deborah is hasn't like. got a dog. No, <laughs> bring you treats, bring you a cupcake, that kind of thing. Yeah, where it's got pour, a you a, pour you throw a pe- you a divorce, party. pour you a Pinot Grigio, and say it's all right. There, I don't know. This is what I imagine owning a dog is like. I own three cats. So I can only assume the dog will pour you a glass of wine, ask you how you're feeling, tell you he's Deborah's a bastard. Deborah's imaginary dog's got a fridge on its back. Yeah, he doesn't deserve you. The collie will say. The border collie will say he didn't. He never deserved you. And even though it was amicable, he'll just say the right things, like, you know if what? If I was going to have an extramarital affair, it would be with you. Yeah, that kind of thing, absolutely. <laughs> that would be a bit disturbing, because I once saw a documentary about women who did that, and it was disturbing. Yeah, I heard some yeah. stories about people yeah. with their pets that is... Oh, I've no. seen the documentary. No, no we yeah. don't need to go there. No. Um, um, one one with a horse. Oh, oh yeah, that broke her pelvis. I feel like that's an urban myth. I didn't see a pelvis breaking off. Oh, no. Anyway, sorry. Divorce. Feminist divorce. Sorry. We're getting distracted. Sorry. um, Not Catherine the Great. She she was married when that happened. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so it was a really weird time. I was sort of, you know, empowering women every night, talking about sex and, like, Mm. owning your sexuality and doing a dance routine on stage that I've never done before with, like, professional dancers. You so were really good. It, thank you. It really shows up, though, when you're in surrounded by professional dancers and you have to dance. You're like, wow. And all the, you know, in rehearsal of a dance show, there's just a mirrored wall. So in rehearsal of theatre, I know you guys both do 
a bit of treading the boards as well. Mm. Um, in rehearsals of theatre, you just rehearse in a room. And in rehearsal of a dance show, there's a whole mirror. So like every rehearsal, when I was just being awful at dancing, <laughs> I had to look at myself compared oh. to all these amazing men. I was like, I'm getting divorced. This is too much. At one point, they played a song that we were going to do a slow dance to. And I burst out crying. And I realised it was the dance from my wedding. Oh, oh the first God. dance. The first dance, yeah. Wow. It's Have intense. <sighs> Drink. Drink. <laughs> mm. So, so uh, what, what yeah, then led to the sexual explosion? The sexual explosion, which I think is the feminist part of this story in a yeah. way. Yeah. Well, the, it's all feminist in a way. Like, realising you don't want to do it anymore and not just limping along thinking, I'm too scared to leave, is yeah. feminist. Having an amicable discussion with your partner, having them leave. I'm not saying the man should always leave, but I'm saying... Often I think it's the woman that leaves the home and that or feels obliged to leave the home. And it should be the person who needs to leave or the person who's, you know, got another place. I'm not saying that's a feminist issue in itself, but a lot of the way that you've told this story, you've seemed kind of in charge of yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think also I have anxiety, so I need to be in control in every situation. So I think me being like, okay, what are you going to do now? You're going to pack a bag and leave? Okay, great. Was me just trying to take control of a really bad situation. And actually, I think I felt like a feminist and I felt in charge that I sort of said, this can't go on. Yeah. But having spoken to a lot of people through the Divorce Club, I do think there's lots of feminists who stay because of their children mm. or because they want to make everyone else's life better mm-hmm. and don't actually think about themselves. And I think that can be quite a sort of feminist choice in the you know, I choose to make other people happy. Yeah. I think it's so brave to leave a relationship. It's also so brave to stay, especially if it's not good for you. So there's just so much caught up with it. But I did have a sexual explosion. It was amazing. I think one of the best things about getting divorced is you're suddenly so free. And you know that from any breakup. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, no one cares if I'm going to come home tonight, but in a good way. Like, I don't have to text them and be like, I'll be on the 9.45 train. You know, and also I felt, when I met him, I was like, in my early 20s, I just left uni. So dating apps weren't around. So I could go on all these dating apps. And it's like a little black book of people you've never slept with. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like you have to go back to that guy because, you know, he was really good in bed, but then you remember he had that wart that was a bit troubling. So you made him put a plaster over it, true story, and then still had sex with him. So you don't have to... <laughs> the story's from my life. You don't have to do that. You just find new people. So I was yeah. so excited, and I just went on a complete explosion. I remember I'd always wanted to have sex in a public toilet. That was, like, always a goal of mine. And so when I got divorced, I was like, right, now's the time. And one night... I was in a very posh members club. I won't say which one, in case people know him. And I ended up having sex in the toilets with the waiter who i just met and he was still on shift. What? Yes. Wow. How do you do that, though? Like, what? how do you go from, does the pecan pie come with ice cream or cream, to, oh, oh, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Like, how, where's the... Can you talk me through the steps? Well, I feel like it wasn't... I wasn't going out that evening like, I'm going to have sex in a public toilet. It was just something that was, you know, playing away in the background. Wow. And there was a handsome... That is really cool. There was a handsome... Deb and I have both got logical. There's been a leap of logic. and we're, We're not... 
Just concentrate on what happened in the end, I reckon. No, I need to know the steps. Oh, God. So, I feel like when you, especially a divorce this and a marriage, there's so much in it, you're filling out all this paperwork. So when you go out and when you feel free, you're like yeah. on fire. And a friend of mine said, it's like sex is dripping off you. Yeah. And I really felt so sexual and like I had these sexual vibes that I was just sending out into a yeah. room. And so I've you, never felt like that before. So what's the first interaction with the waiter? You see him, you I fancy him? Does order he, a drink. Order a drink. Little from, smile, flirty time. I'm imagining Soho House Greek Street. Is that right? No, it's a okay. one. Okay. Um, Groucher Club. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Deborah, telling you which one. Shoreditch House. If you've been... You're going to get away to fired. We when, already know that he was on Just write it shift. down there and I promise I won't tell anybody. When I explain the toilet, you'll know which one. Okay. Oh, this is tantalising. So, you're not in the room. So okay, we're, flirt anyway. we're flirting. I've had a few wines. I'm with my friend. He starts giving me free drinks. We're sort of you know, getting on well, talking very close to each other. Do you remember when you could do that? Yes. <laughs> yes. When you could smell someone nice. else's breath. You oh. were so close. Yeah. Um, and now you just have to smell your own from a mask. Oh, and it's so... I've realised that I have quite bad breath. Everybody thinks that. I think after a while it's because it's been refracted. Wrong word. No, back anyway, in the I will not have the sexy thing. story Sorry. disrupted... Yep. This is, a, this is a titillating story and you've ruined it. <laughs> Continue. A lot, a lot of a spray. I feel like a lot of sexual stories have been ruined by bad breath. But anyway, um, so we were flirting. We had a little kiss. I was quite shocked by the kiss. So we were flirting. We were quite close, but I knew he was on shift. So I didn't think anything. Anyway, he kissed me and then he was like, I'll meet you downstairs. I thought he was joking, right? So I didn't go downstairs. And then later, I needed the loo. So I went downstairs to the toilet, and on the way up, he was waiting on the stairs. And then we started kissing. And then he was like, come with me to the toilet. And then sensible pre-divorce Sam was like, no, no, I'm just going to go back upstairs. This has already been very racy. But then divorced Sam went, oh, my God we might have sex in a public toilet. And that's always Not been a fantasy public. of yours. Yeah, and it's always been a fantasy. So I went with him into the toilet and it was a four cubicle toilet, right? And at the end, there was a mirrored area. Right. So anyone who's been to this place will yeah. now know where it is. There's a mirrored area. So he brought me to the mirrored area, lifted me up, what? against the mirrored wall. No. And we had sex like that. And I remember, drunk Sam, I had a in moment... In the public bit that anyone could have walked into. And someone did, wait. <gasps> so it sounds very... Oh, yeah. This is what you crumb. do when you're divorced. <laughs> Somebody there is guessing the club. They think, I will neither confirm nor deny, but they think they've confirmed the club. This isn't during lockdown, by the way. This was when we were no, allowed, obviously not. allowed obviously to do not. all these things. Uh, these guys are loving this. There's yeah, a lot of keep, keep her on point, keep her on point. Deborah, keep her on point. Talk us through it step by step. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's creepy, I'll Talk be honest, from an audience we can't yeah, yeah. see no, actually, how much detail you want yeah, about this sex capade. People are saying, oh my God, oh my God, sorry, continue, yeah. continue. This we're is disrupting. a different podcast tonight than I'm loving it. I'm loving it. This is my favourite ever. It's my favourite episode. 
episode. Continue. This is the tale of my sexual exploits. But yeah. this is the, what's great about being divorced is I would have slut-shamed myself about this before. Really? Yeah, 100%. And sometimes since, I feel like, oh my God, did I really do that? But back, well, sorry, we're back to the okay, mirrors. Sorry. He's lifting you up. You're on he the mirrors. Lift me, he lifted me up against the mirrors. I was wearing a skirt, so it's fine. So we were having sex so like he, that. So you were aloft. I mean, I aloft. Yeah. You were, you were like, you were levitating. Your, your feet were off the ground. My feet were off the ground. I, Why is that I, word oh, wow. so funny? And look, I am not, not a small a lady. Word. I have boobs. If I can't talk about my breath, you can't say the word aloft. Oh, I'm sorry, I've said it's too late. It's <laughs> I have uh, boobs and a bottom, yeah. right? No, I, I did not I expect, hear. and he was quite, you know young so um i didn't expect that he could lift me but he did he really went for it so we're having sex against a glass wall mirrored wall and it sounds very exciting in, it does. in practicality it is quite a bit like oh how do you move because my back's against the wall and mm. i keep sliding down so there was a bit of that so it wasn't all like, glamour yeah but yeah but i did have a moment with myself because i was in essentially a mirrored room with a penis inside me having quite a lovely time. Drunk Sam in real life looked into the eyes of Mirror Sam. Yeah. yeah. And we had a sort of moment of like, oh, oh wow, mm. we're doing this. And wow. it's kind of fun. <laughs> and I really strongly remember the moment more than the sex. Yeah. So then the cleaner came in. <gasps> oh, that's um, all right. And said, I have to clean in a very sort of sad, dejected way. Oh, <laughs> it's not God. her first time of walking no. in on, on, on that situation. I felt really what bad What a thing for to her. say as well. Yeah, I'll put clean. a clean in here. Can you there just was, move it along? There was so much emotion just in that one line when yeah. she said it was really... It was, I, I'm so going to use that in an acting role point? in the future. So at that point, I was like, oh my God. No one's ever caught me having sex before. So these are all new yeah, things. I'm not happening at once. Had you even had sex aloft before? <laughs> Thank you. I've had sex in a loft. Um, I don't think I have had sex aloft. No. I've always been on a surface. Yeah. There needs to be... So I want to know more about the mirrors. Was there anywhere for any sort of purchase? Because well, I, it... don't, I no. don't think I would feel I... comfortable. No. So I'd be like, oh, mirror, I'm heavy. Oh, he's going to be... Oh, am I going to be... Yeah, but I'd had a few wines. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No, I was no, excited. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But normal... I, th I think pre-divorce Sam would have been like, I'm too heavy for this. What's mm. going on? But Does you would just like, listen, if he wants to lift me up, I'm having a great time. I'm yeah. aloft. I'm a bit smashed. This man's very handsome. Yeah. All consensual, very safe, lovely. Uh, there was a chair, so at one point we did move to the chair. Lovely. Um, oh, I, I, do you know what? I'm glad that you had that bit in as well. <laughs> that we moved. Because I'm enjoying the story, but also I'm getting sort of empathetically tired of thigh. I mean, we weren't there for hours. Okay, no. fine. Okay, it wasn't it a, it was a quickie. It wasn't a long. Were you able to... It wasn't this, a tantric This might be more graphic than you session. want to say, but were you able to finish before the cleaner left or go into a stall or... So the cleaner arrived. I pulled down my skirt. He had his weighted trousers around his ankles. He pulled his trousers up. I thought, this is the end. We've yeah, been well, you would, let's you would. Go. You he would. was like, no, no, let's go into a cubicle. So we went into a cubicle, locked the, the cleaner door. just cracked She on. cleaned. Oh, God. And he sat on the not toilet sure seat. This I straddled. You came. Got the you, job you, done. You, you did it. And then he was like, oh, my God, I've got to go back to work. 
And I was like, go. Yeah. Let him out of the door. Oh, of the I thought toilet. we were going to catch a movie and go to Bella Pasta. <laughs> yeah. Get go. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah. Bella Thank Pasta. You. And then I sat in the toilet and just had a little giggle. I feel like I had a giggle for like 15 minutes with myself in the toilet. Wow. Just, and also listening out to see if the cleaner was still there. Of because course. I didn't want to face her on my own. No, no, yeah. no one would. But that sort of sums up my divorce yeah. experience wow. of sexual explosions. And, I mean, it's a remarkable story. People are very yeah, pleased to have heard I, it. it was uh, really good. Okay, so people are loving the Aloft. Aloft's getting a lot of action. Long live Aloft. Aloft, I love Jess's self-amusement when she said that. Yeah, I mean, that's um, not great Aloft is now work, my favourite word. Aloft is a good name for a special club. There is already a performance bar in Edinburgh called, called the, Loft. the Loft. Yeah, which I no. now never oh, think of the God, same way again. Yeah. No, I don't I could, want to get laid in one of those. I really do not want to get laid in the Loft bar because it's such an awful... Although no, you do have to dream in, set in that toilet. Oh, You do yeah. have to pick a good a toilet. If you're going to have sex in a toilet that other people go into that isn't in your house, yeah. I feel like you do have to scope out a nice Oh, loo. And yeah. actually, and if you're going to have... <laughs> Sex in the toilet, you want it to be one that is regularly cleaned. So maybe, if anything, actually, that is like the, the little bit of sort of. The cleaning know, coming in was yeah, reassuring. It's anything, reassuring, you know. <laughs> but also, when he we did the next woman I in. I don't think the we walls cared. would have been cleaned. I don't, oh, God. I don't think that the. I don't oh, think that the. That, that, that I the, don't think he's going to be employed there still anyway, he if he's regularly. Is. He is. He absolutely is. Okay, he still great, works there, yeah. Wow. Great. Wow. Do you, have you seen him since? Have you gone in and seen him? I've seen him since. A sober seeing him is quite a... Just we had like, one other encounter afterwards. Oh! 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 This has taken a turn. I didn't know that it has. Again. It sounded yeah. like the beginning We've of real some, love. we had some private members waiter. That's a private member you've seen more than once. Do you... That's, I'd call that a membership. But I've, I... Well, I feel like I was in a sexual explosion stage where I just needed to feel my sexuality. Yeah. And I was impulsive and spontaneous. So I just did... If I felt sexual and the other person was consenting, I just did it. And now I've calmed down more. So when mm. I've seen him after my calming down, I haven't automatically had sex with him. I've just ordered a tea. Yeah. <laughs> and that's lovely and feminist as well. You're like, we did that. That was a lovely moment. There was another lovely moment. That I can also see happened. you now without sleeping with you. I'll just have a tea. I'll just, I'll have a tea. <laughs> and actually, do you have any of the good chips? And we have a little, yeah, we have a little lovely grin though. Oh. Like, I'll order a peppermint tea and he'll sort of smile in the way that only we know while we're smiling. Yeah, and absolutely. Then I'll just well, only you and the cleaner <laughs> who walks past and goes, yeah, I know why you're smiling. Yeah. The, so only the clean. three of you in that special, that special memory for the three of you. Well, there's three of you and now us and... And yeah, and now everyone on the podcast, including people in Berlin and Chile yeah. and Australia. Uh, these makers of Bridgerton need to pick up this story. Well, I think Sam will probably write it herself, although mostly at the moment you write children's books, so it's not appropriate. No, and I think... <laughs> a... It's really weird being a, all? being a comedian and being, you know, going through a divorce, being so sexual at the same time as writing children's books and my <laughs> publishers being like... Can you tone down Can the... you just be like a lovely, wholesome children's book writer? And I'm like, no, because... Women are sexual beings yeah, and I want to talk about it. And it's, it's, but, you know, parents have sex too. That's how the children come about. So I that's feel a like... Gr- what a great argument. 
Mm. How did any of these little bastards reading my book, which you can't call them because you want to sell books, no. yeah. Yeah, how did yeah. any of them come about <laughs> through, I'll tell you what, because one of their parents went to the, the, the club, the private members club, and met a waiter, and then went yeah. home and told the... Oh, my um, sexist five-year-old just the other day said, um, he's playing with a doll, and he said, which, isn't, which is good and feminist, and then he said, I don't want a doll, I want a real baby. And I was like, well, when you're older, you can, maybe you can be a daddy. And he went, oh, I don't know. I don't like the sound of that. I just meant a brother. I'll be a brother. And I went, what do you mean you don't like the sound of that? And he went, I think that well, someone's got to do the kinkle work. And kinkle's what he calls his todger. And he went, and I think that sounds gross. So he knows about how... Someone's the... got to do the kinkle work. And um, I don't want to do that. I think it sounds gross, he said. <laughs> So when he's slightly older, yeah, um, remind him of that in front of every podcast. partner he ever has. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great story to get out at Christmas when he brings his first partner home. Yeah. yeah. Ideal. It's the dream. Do you have any top tips through your podcast for feminist divorce? Yeah, I think obviously I had my sexual explosion. And if you want to do that, do it. People do seem to want to do that from yeah. the yeah, okay. feed. Yeah, they do seem to want it's, to do that. I mean, there was another time a man that I was dating rung me and he wanted to have phone sex and I couldn't be bothered. So I just put the video phone over one breast and just rotated it and he just wanked to that. Wow. Great. Yeah. And I feel like that was quite feminist because I didn't want to get involved. But, you know, I was happy to help. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you have that, go for it. But there are yeah. some people that go the other way. And Suki Webster said, I'm quoting her directly, her nunny shut up like a clam. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think, you know, you might go in that direction and that's absolutely fine. It's just embrace whatever you're feeling at that time because it's such a weird time. Yeah. Also, Sarah Millican came on the podcast and she had a great tip that I have used, which is to change your partner's name in your phone. Oh. Because my partner had a sort of lovey-dovey name from mm. the marriage before. And then every time you get like a message for them, which is about like ch chasing the solicitor or something. It says bunny rabbit. Or yeah, it says something cute something. and it reminds you of that and you feel a little sadness in your gut. So um, Sarah suggests changing it. And <laughs> originally when things were very amicable, I changed mine to just fart orange just because that was the first thing that came into my head. And then every time he messaged, I was like, oh, fart orange is silly. And then later on, I changed it to bucket of piss. Um, <laughs> you, you were presumably in a worse place. In a worse, yeah. The financials yeah. don't get great. We're friends now, but the financials aren't a great point in any divorce, I think. But um, yeah, and, but you know, change that to whatever feels good to you. But something just a bit funny, so that every time they message you, it's not like bringing you back to a lovely memory. It's making you have a giggle because yeah. there is so much back and forth during and all the paperwork and it's they're constantly like, um, chasing you it's horrible in spain lorry drivers when they go to honk their horn the horns are fitted with um like the sounds of uh like nursery rhymes and stuff so he'll be like go to honk it at someone and be like and it's sort of like i suppose it takes all the aggression out of it but it's doing the equivalent isn't it essentially for yourself 
when the phone beeps up of being like, oh, well, I've called you Alan Dick Splash. I'm going to chuckle yeah. at that and not be yeah. in any way moved. I think the trumpet would be nice, actually. I wish yeah. I could change it to just Or just Deborah saying, aloft. Aloft. Somebody says, how very Miriam Margolis of her. I don't know what that refers to. Boob phone six reminds me of your younger self putting a bra on my knees and passing that off as a tit pick. <laughs> nice. That's really funny. I was once uh, sent my a friend's dick ex is twenty fuck face. Good to know. Oh, wow. You were once sent a dick, sent a dick pic because when I first got into dating apps, I didn't know about this. And some people ask you to move to Instagram to chat because they can send you photos. Oh. And I hadn't really had dick pics before because I was married. And I sent a dick pic of someone at a picnic outdoors on a like picnic rug with food. And it was a flaccid penis just sticking out the side of shorts. Ooh. Ooh. Upsetting. Did you like it? No. But I thought, that's a weird choice. Yeah, that's a strange choice, isn't it? It's like an advert for lunch and meat. No one wants to see it. No, I awful. don't. I don't want to see a friend's episode, isn't it? Well, a friend of mine who did, who's doing the app, sent me a picture of just somebody's. This is their main app photo. Yeah, and it was a picture of a loo, and in the loo was the shadow of their erect penis, so you could see how big it was, and floating in the loo was a spider. <gasps> Imagine how unbelievably unarousing and frightening that is. And I went, "Oh my god!" And she went, "Yeah, he's a good kisser, though." <laughs> Um, Can now, I just do one final tip? Yes. This is a serious one. Yes. Talk to people about your experience. Yeah. Because it's a really hard time and it's really important to open up and maybe see a therapist or you might need medic. I had medication from my GP. So please talk about what you're going through as mm, well as great. have lots of orgasms. Excellent. Our guest today is an absolutely brilliant musician. Uh, many of you will remember her as one of the leads and composers of Suffragedon. Um, she's here with a singer who I think might be Gemma, but she's behind a mask. Is it Gemma? Okay. So please welcome to the stage Omarose and Gemma. Woo! Hello. Firstly, how are you doing? Good. How are you? How's Good. lockdown for both of you? Uh, yeah, it's getting tricky now. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. It's more of a challenge than it yeah. has been traditionally. Yeah, I liked, I was like summer, new vibes, yeah. be creative, have some more time, obviously, other than the horrible virus. Yeah, obviously, we, we yeah. try and find silver linings because we're human. Uh, also, that the other mean... silver lining is that you get to live with me. That is true. That's true. That is true. So you're in each other's bubble, yeah. in yeah. each other's world, and you both sing, and you can sit there singing together and saying, That's maybe we're we not do. allowed to go outside, but here we are <laughs> making music together, two feminists together, having a wonderful time. However, now you're coming into this more difficult part of lockdown. So our theme is divorce. Can you give us any brilliant breakup anthems? How about Walk On Me, which we're about to sing? <laughs> is Walk On Me. So this is the song you're it's going bang, to sing. It's bang on, on theme. And this is a new yeah, release from Oma Rose. Um, yeah, it was like the back end of last year. So I didn't ha I've never had a divorce, but I did break up with someone after 14 years. So I feel like... Whoa. That's like a divorce, isn't it? Same deal. Similar. 14 years. I, I don't want to claim the divorce thing, but... This was written kind of after that, and it was like me toying with where I stood on the whole dating front. I maybe didn't have a sexual explosion, but um, I did not have one either. So it was kind of like I was in the middle of things, and I think I always write from a bit of the middle of things. Like, do I want 
to be walked all over, so to speak, taken advantage of? Um, or do I not want to be taken advantage of? You know, where am I at, basically? And yeah. that's this song. Great. Well, in that case, without any further ado, Omarose and Gemma, take it away. Thank you. I've been climbing up the walls. I lay my pride down flat to bring my fall. I scrape my hand against my bluing balls. You broke it down and shit, you saved it all. I squeezed a lemon on my ecstasy to my traditional old school best beliefs and praised it. Marinated it, paraded, celebrated, reinforced and consummated it. You pull out at once and tell me twice Pull the rabbit from my head just to pay the price Now I'm a fool and you so cool Yeah, that's the rule and you so Oh, 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 
the response here is great. The one great thing about people being at home and not in the theatre is people are going, I'm finding them on Spotify right now. Oh, yeah. I'm buying the album. People are saying they're buying the album. So I don't, I, I'm very excited. Presumably, people can find out, they can download it, they can buy it, they can stream it. Um, so all the streaming and major streaming platforms and probably iTunes and all of that stuff. Wonderful. Chloe said you're both wearing leopard skin too, so that's very on that theme. That was intentional well, actually as well. Was it? Was it? It's leopard yeah. skin, breakup leopard Maybe skin. that is the breakup code. You must the breakup code skin. is leopard skin, absolutely. You can wear leopard skin if you're not breaking up, just to yes, be clear. Yes, no, you can. People are wahooing though, that's absolutely fantastic. And Gemma, what are you doing at the moment? Oh, I'm doing something much more um, boring. I'm training to be a therapist. So that's amazing. That's Thank not... you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Help me. Um, Thank, you. Thank you in advance. Well, there'll be a lot of people work. getting divorced because they've heard this episode who are going to be needing your <laughs> services. I think that's a wonderful thing. Uh, everyone's going to download that song because why wouldn't you? It's glorious. Also, I felt I was sort of doing some chair dancing there because I'm never out. I never hear it's live really music anymore. Debs. I really wanted to, yeah. Also, I've been dancing a lot in lockdown, so I feel very free in my body at the moment. Samantha Bates, do you have anything to plug? I have a podcast called The Divorce Club. Great. And if you have children, then I have a children's book called Harriet Versus the Galaxy, which is about a little girl with a hearing aid like me who fights aliens in space with her gran. Wonderful. Guess and there's also it. a non-binary character in that book, which I love. Yeah. Harriet's best friend is Robin, who's non-binary. Wonderful. So uh, check out that book, a very feminist children's book. If you have a child or know a child, that book is for you. Uh, Jessica Foster, do you have anything to plug? Um, I'm going to get that book for my sexist. Son. Um, for my I sexist. have um, uh, a podcast as well. <sighs> we all have a podcast. Mine's called Hoovering and it's all about eating. See you there. Yum. Uh, okay, uh, check out everybody's stuff. It's all brilliant. Also, please support King's Place uh, in any way you can. There's other events here. I'm sure you can donate. Uh, when it's open again, please come back here. It's been fantastic to be out and to be out of my pyjamas and to be back in our home. And it's actually felt really nice, this show. I'm getting better at these, and it's felt really great. And actually, it's really been great to have a very sort of light, fun, quite gossipy, salacious episode and not to be talking about something sad in lockdown. I think yes. it's been actually really great with lots of lols. Even though people would expect divorce was sad. They would, but no. actually it's mostly divorce. You think it's going to be sad. It's mostly shagging waiters in private members clubs, as it turns out. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Jessica Foster-Kew and our special guest, Samantha Baines and Omarose with uh, the incredible Gemma. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon and produced by Tom Selinski for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Tom and everyone at King's Place as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. I think this is another time where my guest has just then upstaged me. That's really what's happened there. No. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. I really am joking. And it sounds like I'm not, so I shouldn't have said it. But keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, it was, I'm I tried to do a callback and it just looked needy. I'm um, a feminist. I love it. I'm a feminist, but it. you saying that has really made my mum. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm like, no, I'm like...